0: Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth, the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in this scripture passage today, basically three things happen. The people of God are locked up in their homes, scared to death to go outside. Then Jesus comes among them and says, Peace be with you. And then he breathes the Holy Spirit into them. These are the three things that happen first in this passage. He does this once for everyone gathered, everyone except Thomas then he basically does it again a week later so that Thomas, who gets the unfortunate nickname of Doubter from this passage, Thomas now gets the chance to see what the other disciples have seen. And most of the time in sermons, we focus on doubting Thomas. But today I'm gonna ask you to focus mainly on the first three things that the passage tells us. The people of Christ are scared, And locked in at home. That Christ, whom they thought was dead, shows up and gives them peace. And then breathes the Holy Spirit into them. And we're focusing on these things because it's kind of obvious. I mean, does any of this sound familiar to you? Does this story sound at all like your life these days? It's almost disturbingly easy to connect with the disciples in this scripture text this morning? I mean, literally, have you ever felt more connected to the disciples? Ever understood them better than right now? Than hearing this very particular scripture passage in this very particular time of our lives? It's almost uncanny. It's like the Holy Spirit must have had something to do with it. It's crazy. There's no one here to laugh at my jokes, by the way. Hope you're laughing at home. So let's look at the first three things that happen in this story. First, the people of God are scared. There's a lot going on. It's hard to know who to trust. Some folks from the group have already betrayed us. Some, like Peter, were forgiven and let back in, and some, like Judas, weren't. It's hard to know whether the people in charge of Jerusalem or Jackson or wherever you find yourself, it's hard to know if they quite know what to do, if they even know what's best for the rest of us. And if they do, are they going to be able to stand up to the authorities in charge? Will they be listened to? After all, Pilate And the Pharisees were not always on the same page about the crucifixion, but then finally one succumbed to the other. So will the people with power really be able to do what's necessary? And what will be the consequences for all of us if things go awry? And it's early. (laughs) It seems like we've been here forever, but it's still so early. It's only the day after Easter for the disciples, and it's only a few weeks since COVID upended our lives, so there's still a lot of rumors and half-truths going around. A lot of I heard this and I heard that from everybody. I heard all Mary saw was the gardener. I heard his body wasn't even there. I heard we won't hit the peak of the virus until June. I hear that schools will be closed in the fall. All kinds of rumors and all kinds of threats. And so the disciples, disciples figure best just to stay indoors, hunker down, get with your people, make sure they're all right, and try to ride out whatever's happening around you. And you know, and this this is kind of a side note, but I think it's worth being said. You know, hunkering down and staying inside that might seem counterintuitive to our Christian narrative. In this moment when everyone is retreating, it sort of feels like this should be like a moment for evangelism, like, by God, we will gather as the people of God and no one will stop us. It might seem like this impetus to shelter in place is kind of like hiding your light under a bushel, you know? But for the disciples and for us, staying put at home Limiting our interactions with others to protect ourselves and them. That's not an avoidance of reality, and it's not succumbing to an unnecessary fear. It's the only answer to a question that we don't know enough about. And so, yes, it hurts, and it's terrifying, and it's going to make things really, really hard for a lot of us, for all of us but it's the only answer we have that is actually based on loving our neighbors as ourselves. So we shelter in place because it's the best we can do. But we do it with all these questions and frustrations and guesses and anxieties. And you can feel the anxieties among us, right, and among the disciples. I mean... They're probably not too dissimilar from what we're feeling right now, actually. You got Matthew in the hallway trying to get on a Zoom call with the other tax collectors. And Peter's trying to tell them why Google Hangout is better than Zoom. And Philip's little sister is running around because she wants a snack, but we're out of strawberry go-gurt. We only have wild berry and that will not do. And Andrew says, Fine, he will make a Kroger run. But Thaddeus says, maybe not because Andrew's got a weird cough and we're just not sure what it is. Maybe Andrew should just stay in the back of the house for the next 14 days just to be safe. And everybody's worried about Bartholomew's mother because she's in a nursing home and no one's heard from her for more than a week. And where's Thomas? Well, Thomas has an essential job because somebody's got to stock the GoGurt. And somebody's got to pick strawberries for the go-gurt. And someone has to lace up with a face mask and face shield and gown and goggles and two pairs of gloves if they're lucky enough to have all of that. Somebody has to go out into the world and help people because not everybody can work from home. And today, that somebody is Thomas. So he's gone. And it's the day after Easter. And there's no lilies, and there's no bonnets, and there's no one in the church. They're all shut in at home, and the people of God are scared. Maybe I'm reading just a little bit into your lives right now. But from what I can gather, yeah, it's pretty easy to identify with the disciples at this time in our lives. And it's right in the middle of all that non-Easter happenings, that the most Easter thing of all happens. Jesus appears among them. And not just the risen Jesus, not the Holy Ghost of Jesus, but the Jesus who has been struck by all things COVID, the broken Jesus, the injured, scarred Jesus, the Jesus who had a trach, the Jesus who was on a respirator. That Jesus comes among these scared people. And the first thing that the resurrected Jesus does is speak peace. He doesn't just say the words, he stands among them and he places his broken body in the middle of their fear and he speaks peace to them. He repeats to them some of the last words they would have heard him speak, tied up in the words that he spoke at the Last Supper. My own peace I leave with you. My own peace I give you. And so if we relate to the disciples in their fear, I think that even among all the chaos of the last several weeks, many of us are finding that peace of Christ in our midst. And I think we can relate to to the disciples here too. In fact, I know we can because I asked you on Facebook where all the answers are pause for laughter, I asked you where you're finding the peace of Christ in the midst of all this fear. And people responded that they were finding peace in music, in bike rides, in petting the dog, in making bread, in sidewalk chalk, in porch sitting, in tiger kinging, in mask making, In garden, pruning and tulips blooming and tree-looking and, yes, in colleague, Zooming. Some people said they are finding peace in dropping things that apparently didn't really matter at all. Things that now they have time for things that they only dreamed about before. Some people said that having an advanced directive or a medical power of attorney, or because they'd made tough decisions with their finances, these things helped them feel more at peace. Several people said that there was a new feeling of kindness for others. We are more checked in than ever about purpose and paying attention to the things that matter. For me, I found a very strange peace this Easter week, by reaching out to hospice, by engaging a new set of dedicated physicians and caregivers who can provide better health care for my husband as his cancer continues to progress. People who will literally bring peace into our home. A friend in similar circumstances said that she finds peace in remembering the times when God has been faithful to her, especially in times of health challenges. And for those without the luxury of newfound time, those who cannot shelter in place with their family, those people who, like Thomas, do not have the privilege of working from home or even being at home, even they were finding peace in the midst of chaos. A friend of mine said, for me, as a doctor, afraid of getting COVID from my patients, afraid I'm gonna bring it home to my asthmatic children or parents who I couldn't do this without. I've had multiple families making masks, donating N95s and other PPE. So many people are looking at the needs of others and that brings me peace. We really are never alone. Christ is right there in their actions. And so in this story, we relate to the disciples in their fear, but we also relate to the peace of Christ coming right into our midst. We too are finding Christ's Easter peace in the middle of intense hardship. But then there is this third thing that happens in the Easter story. After the disciples are afraid and after Christ comes into their home and brings peace, he says, As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. What does that mean? This third element in the story... This infusion of the Holy Spirit and the gift to the disciples of the ability to forgive others of their sins. This one seems a little further away from our own immediate experience, a little harder to grasp. But this is John's version of the Great Commission. What Jesus is saying here is that now it is the disciples who are entrusted with the mission of Christ on earth. That they are the ones who will continue the work of making God and God's ways known in the world. But he says they will not be left alone, they will be led by the Holy Spirit. And we know this Spirit. We know this Holy Spirit. The spirit that gave way to all creation in Genesis. The spirit that brought us new life in the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel. The spirit that dances as the fire in the birth of the church at Pentecost. This spirit, this ruach of God. We know what this spirit does. We know what this spirit is capable of when it works among us. The Holy Spirit is what enables us to move forward into this most Eastery of Easter seasons. This spirit will propel us into a new world full of tremendous challenges and opportunities that were non-existent even a few weeks ago. The Holy Spirit will inspire us to teach our children in new ways, to minister with and among each other with a different tone, a different voice. This Holy Spirit will lead us into advocacy for seniors who are so vulnerable to this disease and for everyone who puts their life on the line every day for the ones that we love. This Holy Spirit will challenge us to ask, hard questions about our healthcare care system, our economic system, affordable housing, and our environment. This spirit will push us to ask why this healthcare care crisis is a crisis in this way. What is it about our country that we can't seem to build a health care system that cares for all people? The Holy Spirit should move us to question why COVID-19 is increasingly becoming a disease of people of color and the poor. And what those of us with the privilege of tuning in to worship from our comfortable homes and with our functional internet should be doing about that. This Holy Spirit gives us movement and life and fire. Jesus brings us his peace, yes, but he does not stop there. The risen Lord says, it is not enough to only comfort my friends, my disciples, when they are scared. He brings them nurturing, yes, he brings them peace in their fear, but the risen Lord doesn't stop there. No, he entrusts the disciples with the Holy Spirit and he gives us the power to work in his name through the movement, the life, the breath of the Spirit. And since we are so connected with the disciples at this time, since we relate to their fear and to their peace, we also need to relate to their power and ask what the Holy Spirit is doing in and among the church in this most unique time. You know, this this is a season of dichotomies. When Easter celebrations happen behind closed doors. When we love each other by staying away. When the Holy Spirit will rile us up even as we find more time for quiet. And this Holy Spirit will compel us to finally do things a little differently as a church. To ask what it is about our sacred buildings our church buildings and what the church can be when it is forced out of the polished sanctuaries and into the messiness of our lives because friends let me t- <laughs> I love this church I love this building I love all of our churches I love First Pres I love Shady Grove and I love 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 the pink bubblegum walls of Bunton Presbyterian Church but let me tell you something in case you didn't know This church is empty. Y'all are not here. You disciples, you who know and love the risen Lord, you are in your homes wondering what could possibly come next. And right now, in this very particular Easter season, this room, this sanctuary, is the tomb. And the risen Christ has gotten up out of this building and walked right into wherever you are right now, right into your homes and your hospitals and your cars and your stores, wherever you are sheltered, that is where the risen Christ is, even right now. And he is offering you peace, and he is infusing you with the power of the Holy Spirit. Friends, I feel like we're more connected to the early disciples in ways than many of us have ever known. Because of that, just like that first Easter, this Easter tide is going to be different. We will have more questions than answers. We may stay behind doors for a long time to come. This season will be difficult and blessed frightening and peace-filled, full of doubt and full of belief, life-giving and life-taking. But it is Easter. It is Eastertide, and Christ is alive, and I pray that in time of fear, You may continue to know the peace of the risen Christ in your midst, for he is truly risen indeed. And that you may rely on the power of God's Holy Spirit to carry you and to carry God's church into a new life. May it be so. Amen.